This podcast is brought to you by Jameson's. Not actually brought to you by Jameson's. Welcome to Drunk at Noon with your host, Barry Underwood. This podcast is going to be your local one-stop shop for all things Victoria beer, wine, liquor, and the late night service industry. Because I've been in the industry for many years now, and I've come across some pretty incredible people, had some pretty intoxicating beverages, and had you know made some pretty questionable life decisions along the way. So I figured I'd rally up all my co-workers, friends, people I look up to in this industry who have, uh, who have helped me along the way, I guess. And kicking off episode one is Mr. Lucky himself, Dylan Pitcher. And he's going to be sharing with us his story from when he started as a door guy, bartender, all the way up to um, owning Lucky Bar. So um, I hope you guys enjoy. Plus, I'd like to give a couple of shout outs. Uh, first of all, starting with Hoyne Brewery, because during this episode we were indulging in some Alpha Acid, fantastic IPA, and as well as Moon Distillery for their Moonshine Spirits, the Pure Grain Vodka in particular. We had some shots of that as well to uh, get us started and drunk at noon. So that's all I got for you right now. And as always, our music is brought to you by Mr. Marlon Keenan. Today we're listening to Good Taste, which is uh, one of my personal favorites of his. All right, that's enough talking to you off for now. Let's get to the to the episode. Labeled Mr. Lucky, main ingredient, Dylan Pitcher. Enjoy. The SMRT podcast where I bring in people and they teach me stuff. Cool. And then Shane Shortcomings is on hiatus, but I'm really trying to get that back. The uh, the erotic short story yeah. podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. And that's um, sorry. Who writes those? Shane Priestley. Right. Yes, he is. I think for a long time, um, I thought like when you mentioned it and you mentioned Shane, I thought it was Shane Batley. Oh yeah, that. and <laughs> I think I may have even brought it up once. Yeah, no, sh- and he he gave me a really strange look. I've, I've known him a long time. He's never given me that look. Yeah, before, <laughs> before or since. So. Yeah, he thought. <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, I'm pretty sure he can come up with. He'd be good. He'd be like a good consultant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Shane's is ridiculous. Like he, uh, you have you seen his comedy? He's he's a brilliant comedian. Absolutely. Yeah, like um, I refer to his, I refer his jokes all the time. Like my favorite joke of his currently is he was like, yeah, it was weird. I um, I had a very vivid sex dream about a transformer. So I went to my therapist and it turns out I was just molested by a mechanic. <laughs> which, is, which is amazing. Yeah. Or like his, he often has been starting his shows lately with like, He's like, oh, good news. Due to a recent spider bite, I now have an average size penis. <laughs> like he's he's incredibly funny. But his his erotic tales are quite twisted. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I guess we Thanks should for having me. officially get this started. Right yeah. On. So uh yeah, this is the Drunken Noon Podcast, uh, where I'm just going around. Well, actually I'm having people come to me mm-hmm. and talk about an industry that, you know, I hold so dear to my heart. Because uh, we have a lot of good things going on in Victoria, like like you, for instance, own Lucky Bar. I 
you know, I, I DJ there and I produce comedy shows as well. And the other half of the podcast is I want to talk about all the local beer and like distilleries and everything that we have going on because we very much so have a very thriving alcohol like uh, market and alcohol right now and a lot of great people doing great things yeah yeah agreed. it's like uh it's a very fun time to be to be into alcohol yeah, yeah. Is. especially for like spirits right now it's like when it's like, a really rewarding time to do. yeah like seven or eight years ago when all the breweries start popping up and we start getting you know like um our flagship beers like Fat Tug and Dark Matter. And seemingly all these things were popping up and everyone, like, it was a very exciting time for beer. We have the same thing going on right now for distilleries. Like gin in Victoria in particular mm-hmm. is at an all-time high for me. Like I mm-hmm. I love gin now. Yeah. I didn't care for it before. Right, right yeah. on. And yeah, and so was it uh, Victoria-based gin that got you into it yeah actually um well i liked i liked gin as an ingredient like you know like i like i do like a good gin caesar oh yeah but um absolutely i didn't never got to i never appreciated just gin on its own until probably divine winery like Mm. they're yeah so so cool yeah yeah their roster is incredible absolutely it is yeah i think their ganaver gin is probably my favorite Mm -hmm. yeah and that goes like that's an ancient uh style right like mm-hmm. that i think that was bowls first spirit oh wow yeah that's crazy yeah like mid 1800s if i if i remember yeah correctly. something along those lines yeah yeah have you ever done the tour there no at divine i recommend it very nice vineyard yeah and uh very uh very good tour like they give you a rundown of all their gins why they make it and how they make it right on. like there is kind of like a there's a story to every gin um, the history of it all. Well, I guess you would have to be to be good at what you do. Yeah, it's a, yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah, Brad is is with them. I think he is. Uh, yes, uh, that guy's a real beauty. He is. He's fantastic. He's actually responsible for my love of gin now. Oh, right on. Yeah, I can directly link it to him. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we met, actually. Yeah, that guy seems to be uh, into some cool stuff. I really like Niagara Grocery too. Mm. Uh, it's just a sweet place. Yeah, I'm sure you probably went there. Yeah, when you're, absolutely. You're living in James Bay, yeah. <sighs> All right. Yeah. I'm getting back. Right on. I'm getting to it here. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, as uh, every Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I, I, didn't, I did January sober, and I haven't really been drinking that often. And last night, I took it upon myself to drink as if I didn't quit for a while. <laughs> and I'm feeling it today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plus, yeah. I don't know. I'm 31 now. I guess maybe it's just catching up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. could be it. I mean, uh, yeah, it gets a lot easier once you're 41. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Trust me, because I'm yeah, I'm not planning on quitting anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I, this is my first episode. I have a yeah. long ways to go. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, welcome, Dylan Pitcher, the uh, owner of Lucky Bar. Yeah, Thank you're my you. first guest. Right on. I'm yeah. stoked. Yeah, I'm excited. I've uh, this is kind of where I wanted to start this this podcast because we've known each other for uh, quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, five or six years now? Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I met you when Marlon and I were still doing, it was Soul Train Nights. We yeah. were doing that, and we were doing the shows at uh, the the event center. And good venue, but kind of pricey, mm-hmm. you know, but like luckily we were, we were definitely selling out shows at the time, because Marlon was a new DJ, and he's a name around town, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, was, uh, that guy can cultivate an audience. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, and then we were looking for new venues, 
to um, you know alleviate costs of the of um, like rental costs basically. And yeah, we tried a bunch of places, and then I I remember I met Ewan first. I kept harassing him, and then I think he kind of got sick of <laughs> me showing up, and he's like, "All right, I'll just tell you when Dylan's going to be here." And then finally, he introduced us, <laughs> and then we. Um, kind of pleaded her case and then he ended up giving us i think it was a wednesday we did a couple of wednesdays first yeah and then uh you guys were nice enough to give us tuesdays yeah. after about a year or so of doing this and yeah that's that's my new tuesday gig it's pretty great yeah it's mm-hmm. tough you know you never know on a tuesday if people want to stay all night but yeah it's, it's definitely yeah that's that's the other half of it as well but you guys have all the skills to coerce them yeah yeah, um, that's that's why I'm so proud of the the comedy jams. Like we're we've actually managed to really cultivate an audience with this now. So mm-hmm. yeah, they've gone really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. And it's it's might be the the latest one mm-hmm. going on. Is that that's probably yeah, it is. Yeah, we are yeah. the we are the latest show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it seems to be less of a problem, maybe or. Yeah. Initially, it was kind of a, a question for, I think, some of the comics. It was. Yeah. Um, but now they, and especially now that we've, um, one of the biggest draws, too, is uh, Katie. Her photography is fantastic. Like, she's, Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. yeah. She's talented, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Phoebe and that bone. Yeah, Phoebe is busy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, last night was good. It was fun to get back to it. I haven't had, like, a proper night of DJing in a while. Yeah, right on. I just wish I didn't get so drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, wow. uh, I I lost focus the last, my last half an hour. And I was talking, because Reese came by and then I was telling her a story. And then I realized like, oh no, I have to change the song. <laughs> and it wasn't as smooth as I hoped. Uh, well, that's all right. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier, you know, it's all about practice. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Dylan, um, what, how did you get started in the industry? Like what? Or did you start in the industry? Were you, did you do anything else before this? Or did you kind of cut your teeth as, or did you start somewhere else and come to this? Yeah, I did uh, a few different things, I guess. Um, I was working in some wine shops and liquor stores nice. in Alberta and then in Victoria. And uh, yeah, that definitely um, showed me some of the you know ways to appreciate craft yeah craft beer and whether we're talking about spirits or it was it was a totally different landscape back then yeah it was you know i worked at this place called alberta spirits incorporated in camor Mm -hmm. and it was huge yeah in winnipeg where i grew up we didn't really have anything like that but it was like a couple couple of stories over 300 craft beers this is like 1999 wow yeah so it was, it was pretty exciting. It was a yeah. fun place to sort of garner some interest in it. In, yeah. In the alcohol industry. But then I, I kind of got into some, uh, I worked with a friend on a fabrication job in Vancouver and got into a little bit of welding. And and then I had some, some buddies in Victoria who were, one of which was working at Lucky Bar and they were short on doorman. Yeah. And at this time, at this point, I think I was, uh, I just turned 22. Wow. Yeah. And uh, a long time ago. And uh, she asked me if I wanted to come and do a couple shifts. And you know, to be totally honest, I, would, I didn't 
dig the idea at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, had a lot of fun there. Mm-hmm. A lot of really cool people there. So that was yeah. It was uh, quite an exposure. I remember a couple times not being able to get into Lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to go see a show. Yeah. I remember Eamon Tobin was DJing there. Oh, yeah? Dorman just telling me to hit the bricks. <laughs> 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 so I thought, okay, you know, I'm probably going to see some good music if I work here. And yeah. Yeah. The The show last night, the, what are they, Shway? Shway. Those guys are fantastic. Yeah. I know Darcy was having a, a hard hell of a time trying to mix them properly, but they yeah, have... A bit s- complicated, a singing drummer. Yeah. Some horn section there. Yeah. But yeah. uh, incredible stage presence. Like, they, they are so fun. I, yeah. I'm really glad that I went early to see them because uh, uh, Marlon and Reese were like, no, you should check them out. They're fucking great. So, like, a very, very good live show. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. That was, uh, I think that was our second time having them. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm really stoked for them. I'm glad it went that well. Yeah. I actually spoke like, to one of them in the back, and I think he was just filling in for somebody um, in the band, but he, he wants to do a tour around elementary schools and do jazz like um like do um like jazz sing-alongs for kids oh yeah yeah like so do like classic nursery rhymes but with a jazz aesthetic (laughs) and just do that and uh because he wants to teach kids the fun of jazz i guess which is uh, i think it's a great idea yeah i don't think anyone's really doing that (laughs) get them while they're young yeah (laughs) yeah that's pretty awesome but yeah, so when, uh, how long ago was that? You said we were 22? Yeah, so that would have been um, 2001. Yeah. Wow. Must have been, it was a different place back then, I imagine. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, there, there was, we didn't have the mezzanine, so okay. essentially when you open the front doors, it was just an aisle right down the middle. Yeah. The bar was over a foot further forward. Okay. So the, the there was quite a bottleneck mm-hmm. in front of the bar if the place got busy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the mezzanine was built um, in response to sound concerns because okay. at the time it was essentially a megaphone. Like yeah. If you open those two front doors, it was... Uh, you, you I imagine it was quite aggressive. Yeah, you could really hear what was going on on mm-hmm. the street. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you could across the street at, at the hostel. Yeah. Yeah. That's not ideal. No. Even still now having issues with noise. <laughs> yeah, well... It's not so much anymore. Yeah, it seems to be coming along, you know... I, but yeah, that was uh, that was a while back, and it it was different. I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> you can still smoke indoors then, couldn't you? It was right after that. Okay, but um, you know, funny thing, just to sort of illustrate how different it was. You know, and it it wasn't until much later, uh, after I had heard, you know, like I I wasn't privy to things like like uh, liquor and fractions or yeah. places being written up. I had no idea about any of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of us were, were BST. Like none of us had any kind of uh, official security training. Yeah. It was mostly just like. Yeah. You're if, just all presence. Yeah. If you're willing to go and talk to somebody and try to get them to stop doing something they shouldn't be doing, then yeah, you're probably payable. Yeah. And, and at the time, you know, I didn't know any better. So, you know, right out the gate, it was just like, hey, you know, like, try to not have too many drinks, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we don't want drinks up on the ledge, so try to keep them on the ground out yeah. here. Like, if you're going to have drinks outside of the bar, just yeah. make sure that they're on the ground, that way they don't fall. Yeah. I remember, you know, like, exercising different, uh, you know, levels of strictness with people, being like, yeah. yeah, you know what, 
hey man, you just put those drinks down on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. You're going to bring shots out here, put them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Have some decorum. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So, yeah, things have changed a bit in that regard. Yeah. That's for sure. Absolutely. There's something to be learned about having to deal with people in that aspect. And especially um, that I find, because like at Peacocks, we don't have doormen. So it's mainly just up to whoever's on staff to deal with people, like whether fights break out or this, this, and that. And that was a pretty steep learning curve for a lot of us is when things are that escalated is either is trying not to get it to progress any further or calm people down and like who to calm down. And like, um, that's like, um, something that I, you know, we all had to learn. I'm sure you did too. Yeah. Like how to, how to, how to address it right off the bat, I guess. Like the first contact with something like that, I find is a very crucial moment. Like how I come up to a situation. Oh, I'm absolutely, yeah. I'm either making it worse or I'm helping. So, yeah, and sure. you have that one brief window, yeah. like when you, like if you come in too hot, then it could escalate the situation even further or be dangerous for yourself. So, yeah, yeah, that's that. It took a while to kind of get smooth that out and have a method, or even just having the eye to read and be like, "All right, this guy just needs to be out of here." Or like, yeah. I think we can we can work with this yeah, and get him out of here in a manner where he's not mad at us. You know, right, yeah, that's pretty neat. You know, I guess there. You know, I'd have to think about it uh, a bit, but I, I don't think there are a lot of places in town where uh, you know, like I guess, what position would you be in? You'd be either. Pouring drinks or maybe serving uh, tables or bringing drinks to the pool tables. Yeah. And then you have to switch and suddenly become the face of the security. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's something pretty awesome about that, I think. Yeah. It's I didn't realize how because I I often forget that not a lot of places operate that way. Yeah. I don't think anywhere like us operates that way. Mm-hmm. But there's times when I've had to kick people out and then people who only know me as a server or bartender be like, man, I didn't know you can yell that loud or <laughs> like oh. <laughs> not yell that loud. Or like there's been times the first time this ever happened, uh, a fight broke out and um, one of the guys who started the fight, I thought he punched Dennis, one of our, he was our manager at the time. Right. And, uh, but he, Dennis. yeah, he, I thought he punched Dennis and I was like, all right, that's enough of this guy. So I grabbed him. And I threw him out the door and people were like, I like, and just, it's, I'd never seen people look at me different, like that differently yeah. in <laughs> such a short period of time. Like I didn't, I don't know if they didn't know if I had it in me or if I, they yeah. thought I went too far or was heavy handed, but I was like, he punched yeah. Dennis. And Dennis like, I didn't get hit. And I was like, Oh, maybe I was a little heavy handed. then. <laughs> no, it's definitely nice to have a, that switch though, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't imagine it working unless you, you sort of, I guess like you, you end up cultivating a bit of a sense of ownership and where you work yes like you're not gonna kind of put yourself at risk and yeah put yourself in harm's way for a place without kind of weighing it out in your own mind why you're doing it and yeah it might it yeah. might be really a healthy thing yeah you know? and it's, it's better too just for the the establishment as well for people to know that again really mm-hmm. i don't want to set a precedent where they're like well i can get in a fight here and nobody's going to do anything yeah because there are I guess there are people that might think that way. Um, there used to be when I started there. It was mm-hmm. like when uh, like when Marlon started being the bar manager, like he did a really good job at kind of fanning out all the the bad guys, I guess. Right. Yeah. It was yeah, a different place wonder. there. Right, yeah. This this bar watch system, I guess, sort of directs mm-hmm. people to alternatives, you know, like if you're in there and you your ID won't scan, 
Yeah. You know, if you're, what I mean is if you're in the system um, and you can't go to a place that has bar watch at the door, then yeah. you're going to find places like Peacock's mm-hmm. welcoming. Yeah. Right. It's nice though. Cause uh, now the police, cause they know that we don't like, we are like uh, part of bar watch and everything, but um, like they'll come in and just like, look and be like, all right, yeah, cause we don't have a door guy. Right. Like, we know you don't get a chance to scan everybody. Mm-hmm. So they'll patrol and they'll be like, Hey, by the way, this guy's bar watched. And like, luckily they don't intervene themselves. So they'll just be like, all right, I'll give you guys a chance to deal with this. And then mm-hmm. if there's a problem, then they're there. And so they're kind of nice about that with us. No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Way back in the, uh, aforementioned day <laughs> you know we uh, we didn't have a box office and we didn't have uh any kind of id scanner or mm-hmm. anything like that yeah yeah and it was uh so we were usually just wearing an apron with all of the door cash in it and yep. change yeah and selling the covers mm-hmm. you know kind of like cotton candy <laughs> yeah and uh and you were you were, you had to we didn't use ropes mm-hmm. we didn't do any of that uh, sort of trying to organize people yeah you just you had to use your voice and <laughs> yeah you had to speak up yeah and make sure that everybody trying to come in like at least came and flashed you an id yeah i think there was some you know like, it wasn't that efficient yeah or safe but uh there's definitely some positive sides to it yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> Like wow. yeah, you had to converse with people. Yeah, you know, it wasn't just uh, scan the ID and point at the box office. Mm-hmm. I'm not the most patient person, <laughs> right? Yeah, I I describe I describe that like, yeah, well, I'm mainly a cook. Like I, I I'm learning. Damn it! Like yeah, you know, no, like I'm I I do prefer the front of house, but like I was a cook for like 12 years, and it's a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right, and uh, I guess not really a a place where. You'd cultivate your patience too much. Right? No. Everything's click, click. Yeah. Just get a bill, make it, and hopefully don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. It was a different place when I started, too. You can still openly bully new people when I started. Like, now, like, uh, now you, like at Milestones, you can't even call a dishwasher a dishwasher. Now they're, they, they call them Hobarts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is the name of the dishwashing machine, which yeah, I don't know course. why is any better. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. When I first started, like, uh. Like, there was a girl, like, she would ask, openly ask me why I got out of bed in the morning. Like, she, that's how fucking ruthless she was. Oh, wow. But we all took her shit because she was one of the best cooks I've ever worked with in my life. Right on. Like, she can do everything that she demanded of us. And if you didn't live up to it, like, she would fucking throw focaccia bread at me. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And just oh. whip it across. And, like, she had impeccable aim as well. And I'd be in the middle of doing something. I, I guess it's burnt. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So that was... It was a different world back then. Now you can't get away with anything remotely close to that. Yeah. I guess, you know, it's probably for the better somehow, even though sometimes it's hard to see. Yeah, there was like, that was a, a really a different time at Lucky when I started there. And there was um, all kinds of things happening there that I'm, I'm not even sure I should be talking <laughs> yeah. about. I might have to have a few more of these. But uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, Miguel would attest to it too. He was kind of um, getting in the the bar backing back around that time. Yeah, and it was common for the bartenders to be pretty hard on the sports staff. Yeah, you know, it's definitely not the case. Yeah, now. yeah. You know, like even you know, like the gripes that we hear. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're yeah. It's like yeah, it's just it's funny when you, uh, like uh, just talking about stuff like that. And I think every generation has that. Like it's nothing compared to what I had. Yeah, and it, uh, 
you know, I think over time people are learning to be nicer to each other. <laughs> but when I when I first started, it certainly wasn't that. And I do appreciate that I went through that because I know that the way things are run, like you can't, like there's nobody at work that could possibly make me feel as bad or make me question if I'm that good. Like the only one that can do that to myself is me. Right. Like if I'm upset at work, it's because of me. Yeah, I generally don't let people affect me that way. Like yeah. I know that they can't anymore. <laughs> it's like, mm. you know, like now, like if, if I'm mad, it's because I'm not happy with my performance because I'm not happy with my performance. You know, it, it takes a lot for me to get to that point, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was beaten out of me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Calluses, eh? Like, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. It's like that Bill Burr joke. Um, when uh, kids try to tell him a story and it goes nowhere. And he's a kid, how are we going to blow my mind? I watched a stripper quit on stage last night. You're not going to tell me anything. <laughs> like, that's, it's kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Like, every night in the kitchen for a while was a stripper quitting. Yeah. Like, it was the equivalent of that yeah. when I first started. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, it was a it was a different time. It seems like uh, there was a lot more violence, you know, 19 years ago. But maybe I don't know. Maybe it it actually um, made for a little less tension. Yeah, or really isolated situations. Yeah. Sorry, I left a window open. No, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, as long as you, as long as they're getting their props. How long were you? Did you work the door? Like, how did you progress at Lucky Bar? Did you go from like door to? bar back or to bartending and then yeah um i went from door to bartending Mm -hmm. i was i I worked on the door for about a year and a half and it it wasn't long before they were looking for somebody to pour drinks on a monday and a tuesday yeah back then we had a hmm, a couple dj nights you know like we're talking 19 years ago there was a couple of record shops that had nights. Nice. And uh, I think it was like a kind of a drum and bass and breakbeat Tuesdays. Yeah. This uh, dude, Scotty Stylus, he had a, a shop called Stylus Records on uh, Johnson Street. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. Yeah. And uh, at the time, the rules were a little bit different, or at least they were enforced differently. Um, we, we didn't necessarily always have a doorman. Mm. And so at the time, it was uh, like good form for the place to just sort of have a doorman behind the bar and so there'd be like two of us working and you'd id when someone got to the bar yeah and that all kind of changed right absolutely like like the red line i'm trying to remember how it all goes because like a i've totally wreaked havoc on my memory but b uh some of it uh is just so funny that i kind of look back and have a hard time believing it but um we were i was involved in a court case and this would have been uh I don't know, 2006. I think it was after that court case. Yeah. That it was it was finally deemed that the bartenders didn't have to ID. Like there was no serving an underager was no longer like the bartenders weren't liable for it okay. if there was a, a door team in place. Yeah. But back then, yeah, we uh, people just walk right in to Lucky and we'd ID them when yeah. they came for a drink. Well, and so I started there, and then, funny enough, I was living with a buddy of mine, and we moved. And I was working a door shift that night. And we moved into this house on, on Pandora. And it had this really dark basement. And we had a ton of records. Yeah. And they're just awful to move. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're it's so heavy. Yeah. And, and uh, I had put way too many in a box. Like I found a giant box and thought that was going to be efficient. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I, so I'm dragging them across this basement floor. Yeah. And uh, there was no lights down there. We were like, okay, we got to get some bulbs and make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm trying to get them out of the way and make some room on the floor. And I stood up into a grate. Oh, no. 
Yeah, and it was this fallen metal duct kind of thing in a bracket. Yeah. And I hit my head, and I, it knocked me out, and then I Fuck. fell, and I, and I hit my head on the pavement. Jesus. Yeah. And... <laughs> And so, you know, I started feeling pretty sick that night. They sent me home. Yeah. Because I was just changing colors. Yeah. And uh, the next day, um, I think I went to Ditch Records with, with a friend of mine. And uh, he was asking me, like, if I'm all right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And finally, he's just like, well, why are you holding your head? And I guess I was walking around, like, grabbing my head in all these different <laughs> angles. <laughs> and so I went... I went uh, to the doctor and they're like you need to go to the hospital right now yeah and i went to the hospital and by the time i was i got to the hospital i was pouring sweat and a yeah. total mess and they they uh they uh scanned me and i guess there was blood pooling in the back of my skull fuck yeah so I jesus i actually spent a week at vic general yeah up on the sixth floor there wow uh, they were thinking that it was uh brain hemorrhaging from uh that we have, there's two big arteries in the back, yeah, like right by the top of your spine, and one kind of ruptured. So Jesus, yeah, it was a it was a mess. Yeah. And uh, the manager at the time, Ben, awesome dude, he uh, he got a little hard hat for me with a lucky <laughs> sticker on it. <laughs> yeah, and they uh, they yanked me off the door after that because yeah. I had a little bit of a sort of a concussion protocol thing. Going yeah, on. it was weird for a while there. I couldn't even. Uh, I couldn't even carry my own dinner plate. God damn. Yeah. I could cook dinner. Yeah. And I could, you know, sit at the table and eat it, but I had to get somebody else to move the plate. I wasn't allowed to carry any weight. Wow. Yeah, pretty strange. That is. Yeah. That's that's fucking wild. That's yeah. a serious head injury. Yeah. That's yeah. no small potatoes. Yeah, for sure. It was Wow. I was, I was probably a lot smarter before. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the other thing too, is like uh like there's nothing desirable about like a physical altercation, especially like street fights. Like mm-hmm. people don't really think it through. Like like uh, Chris will talk about this all the time. Uh, Marlon's cousin who works with me, at yeah. Like that's his greatest fear. Like in terms of a street fight, is like if you knock somebody out and they fall, like their heads gonna like people die that way, mm-hmm. like very easily. Like we're yeah, it's, you know, it's humans happy. are quite fragile and the ground is incredibly hard. Yeah, you know, you if you like push somebody or take someone down and like they land on their head wrong, they're dead, and then now yeah. you just killed somebody. Yeah, like it's nobody wants that. No, not at all. It's that's fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. God damn. Yeah. So that kind of after that, I I was just uh, pouring drinks. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's an aggressive. <laughs> that's a that's a hard road to get to bartending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how'd you get here? Fucking fell yeah. on my head. <laughs> well, you know what? There's some timing involved too. Yeah, you, know, you can't just fall on your head. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just a, turned out they were hiring. Yes, yeah. yes. Otherwise, you're just a falling fool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all that falling for no reason. Yeah, that's right. So you'd already been there for what you said, like a year and a half, two years at this point. A couple years. Yeah, yeah. That was right around the the two year mark. And uh, we had some really, yeah, just some crazy staff working there. Yeah. It was awesome. We definitely had some some really good bartenders and some bartenders that were really skilled at making it look more difficult than it is. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, some really good characters on the door. Yes. that's that's yeah. That comes with this industry. Yeah. Yeah, it's neat. I think, you know, back then Lucky even had servers on on the weekends. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of tables. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't any like I like I said, there wasn't uh, that elevated seating area, and so there were yeah there were round tables everywhere and wooden chairs. Cool. Yeah, it really sort of had like a country bar kind of feel. Yeah, that's a nice aesthetic though. 
Yeah. I got no beef with that. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. One of the first times I ever went to Lucky, like I had never been there before. And a buddy of mine was like, oh yeah, like there's another, like the, this is the entrance. And it was the back door. And it turns out he just knew somebody that was sneaking, sneaking us in. And I was like <laughs> looking around and I'm wasted at this point. I'm like, aren't they supposed to like check our IDs or something? And then the middle of that, um, there was a door guy. He's like, all right, that's enough for you guys. And then he just kicked us out. And I was like, and then I was like, well, so I'm assuming we can't go there now. Like, you just got us in trouble. And then, yeah, my idiot friend who did that, he went to the front door. And then, of course, it was the same door guy. He's like, leave. Like, I just saw you try to sneak in. That sucks. Yeah, that was in, like, 2008, 2009. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just moved back from Jasper, and I was just, hadn't been to Lucky Bar yet. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, 08, 09, eh? Yep. Yeah, so at least, yeah, they weren't going to put you in the ID scanner. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, they just didn't appreciate that we were trying to skip the line. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. I should have known, though. I was just really drunk and... Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, this seems cool. <laughs> yeah, we've all got that friend. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. How long were you a bartender there, roughly? I think it was seven years. Nice. Yeah, it was seven years. It was awesome. There was a lot of transitions in that time. Yeah. Um. The second owner purchased it. Yeah. And uh, we had a, a couple of club nights that were really popular. We had a, a really great run with a, a night that migrated over from a bar called Hugo's. Hmm. Um, it was called uh, Mod Club. And it was kind of like that uh, British classic mod music. <laughs> it was totally such a busy night it yeah was, it was it was such an awesome wednesday yeah for a really long time it was this like weekend on hump day yeah it's really nice it was a lot of fun and uh yeah and then that's around when uh what's what's i guess like commonly known as 90s night started mm-hmm. that's uh, officially the busiest day of the week in victoria yeah yeah, like I like for a while, I think the only thing that I can kind of contest that was uh, sugar when they had ladies' night mm. on Thursdays. Like that was probably the the close second. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been cool and it's changed so much. But the initial change was the most entertaining bit because I think you know when Jay and Levi started that night on mm-hmm. Monday nights, it was it was certainly the focus was an industry night. Yeah, and for obvious reasons and. Uh, and it was a grunge night. Like, they were playing, like, Pearl Jam and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. I love was, that. It was, like, cool music, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can respect how subjective that term is now. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I think it was, the, the way the story goes is it was somebody jokingly, you know, leaning on the bar, sitting in a bar stool, requested, like, Backstreet Boys. Yeah. And Levi had it and played it, and everybody hopped up and danced. Yeah. And so it became this ritual on Mondays to like play some some funny club music from there. Yeah. And, and then it, it, just it just grew from there. Yeah, it just swallowed it. And so, <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Levi about when they first started and he was telling us, and he's a guy that used to like wear the same get up and they, they, they tried like everything to make it work at the start because he was telling me, he's like, it wasn't always Mondays. Like it was, he's like, yeah. we, we tried a lot of weird things to get it to where it is because mm-hmm. he was talking to me, Marlon, about uh, Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's funny. I didn't realize it was it started off uh, grungy. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I, I I love Pearl Jam. So yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It was it, like you can't go wrong with with any of those ideas. But uh, no. yeah, when it started to pick up, and when it caught, it was catching late. Yeah, um, I uh, I for I think over a year I had a bar shift 
at Lucky from 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. It's one hour. Wow. Yeah. Was it just like the power hour though? Like you, it sure you, was. Yeah. yeah, you're coming into a to a hot well. And yeah, and firing just, away for one hour and yeah, that's 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 aggressive because like that, especially the as you approach last call because basically that last hour everyone's treating it like last call. Yeah. So that in my experience at least. Yeah, and I mean this is like, uh, man, I don't know. Like I guess this would be like 2006, and uh, maybe. Around yeah, <coughs> right around two thousand six, and uh, people drank differently hmm. then. I guess you know it, the prices weren't really cheaper than they are now. Mm-hmm. Not much, you know. But uh, there's a lot of rounds, a lot of big rounds. Yeah, I don't know. It was different for me as well because when I turned eighteen, like the week after I graduated high school, I moved to Jasper, which is Alberta, and you can drink at eighteen out there. And I lived in an industry town. So, like, everyone there, like, all of our friends worked in the industry and hotels and clubs. And mm-hmm. so there was very much that. Like, when you'd go out, you would, you know, like, first on deck, you'd buy the first round and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't seem to happen at all, really, anymore. Like, like everyone, like, uh, we have, we get big parties at Peacocks and people will just come to the bar and be like, oh, get a shot. And then I used to be like, well, like, how many? Like, oh, just me. I'm like, oh, okay, you just drink it by yourself at your party weird <laughs> like yeah. i don't know like I, I don't know if people are just more comfortable drinking alone or if that's just something that's not quite you know for them culturally or something i don't know it's different it, yeah maybe maybe uh you know buying someone a drink doesn't mean the same thing it used to yeah i guess not i don't know maybe there's a lot of students out there spending their loans other ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot a lot of great ways to spend your money yeah i don't know i like sharing drinks with friends yeah that's why we're all here Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. I think that's the, the one, the romantic side of drinking for me is the jovial nature of, you know, having drinks with friends and, mm-hmm. you know, shooting the shit. Like it's, it's an important part of my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think the climate has been sort of uh, affected, um, you know, on, on like varying scales over the years. Some of the liquor boards focuses. Mm-hmm. You know, there were times when, they're cracking down on over service. Yeah. So, you know, everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. You know, a few people get caught. And uh, what ends up happening is you just really focus there. And so, yeah. like, you know, you know, for, for a period of time, you know, anytime someone wants to buy four drinks, you, you're you asking to see, okay, who's it for? Mm-hmm. Where are your friends? Yeah. These aren't for you, right? Yeah. You know, and that, that I think, you know, uh, creates a shift. Mm-hmm. In the way places work and or the way they're run or the way people do their job, yeah. And I think there's been a lot of those over the years. Certainly been a lot of those since the doorman having like ten <laughs> drinks a shift. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I miss anything, but yeah. uh, there's no doubt that uh, we kind of ping pong off of these um, policy spikes. Yeah, and tend up where we are, right? And yeah. And BC liquor laws in general are pretty, pretty steep. <laughs> and like I find yeah. compared to everywhere else, at least. Yeah. It's kind of hard to imagine that it's uh, all a byproduct of somebody's imagination. So mm-hmm. it must be a reaction to something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, it's not as stuffy of a, of an environment right now. Yeah. As it, as it has been Yeah, in the past, you know, like everyone's been trained pretty well, you know, there's, like like I mentioned before, you know, now all the doormen have BST. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, I think, is it this year that uh, Serving It Right has to be renewed annually? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, they are, they, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is a little bit of uh, breathing down our neck. Yeah. You know, wherever it may be coming from, you know, we're kept in line. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It is a different time right now. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, uh, Actually, my serving it right expires in September, so I should get on that. Okay, well, yeah, I'll put that in my calendar. <laughs> yeah, I should too. Um, uh, how long, so you said you worked as a bartender for about seven years? Yeah. And then did you move up in terms of like, did you go to like manager? Well, what happened, um, I think it was around 08, I, I stayed on bartending Monday nights, mm-hmm. um, but I I left on all the other capacities from Lucky for a year. Yeah. And uh, I started bartending at a place called The Social Club. Yeah, I remember Social Club. Mm-hmm. That place, uh, that's actually where I ended up going after I got kicked out of Lucky. Yeah, there you <laughs> yeah, go. So. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and, uh, it was a good spot. I bartended a bit at uh, The Red Jacket. Yes, I loved that place. Yeah. That was a good joint. A few shifts at The Strath. Mm-hmm. And um, I was um, kind of... Poised to get involved at the beginning of a of a new pub opening up, and uh, I was um, graciously hired on to bartend at this this new joint that that was going to be called Smith's, <laughs> and I was, I was super excited about that. And it was right around then that uh, the manager at Lucky, mm-hmm. I was working at the local as well. Mm. I was working a bunch of bunch of jobs, bunch of hustles. Yeah. Also working a little bit at the uh, Royal and the McPherson Theatres. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the manager uh, gave his notice at Lucky. Yeah. And uh, this was Liam, who was uh, booking the calendar and kind of managing the uh, entertainment and the and the diversity there. And I was always really close with Liam. Yeah. Really admired that guy and his work. And I guess it was a bit audacious of me but i threw my hat in the ring mm-hmm. and uh and then yeah i ended up fortunately uh getting the position mm-hmm. yeah and so i actually uh dropped all those other hustles and just <laughs> yeah. went full-time back at lucky yeah yeah so how long ago was that would you that say that would have been 08 okay yeah wow what 12 years ago yeah that's crazy to say now yeah, yeah. man it is Fucking 2020 i know it's bizarre yeah. yeah it's all been been really flying by nice though yeah yeah and then how long did it progress till you and you and pat mm. like how did, how did he come in the picture well i got to know pat well working at the local but he was also he had shares in social club oh okay yeah and <coughs> uh and we had always gotten along really well we kind mm-hmm. of were chalk and cheese right out the gate and for a while there you know i was getting uh i was getting into my uh early 30s and uh, really starting to show it. And Pat was uh, quite an athlete. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he... Uh, he was, was a specimen. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's no doubt, man. And he uh, he was really, at the time, like this 10 years ago, he was super into the CrossFit mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so we, we got a few of us together. And uh, we, we started paying Pat for some training a few mm-hmm. days a week. Yeah. And uh, we, were, we called it Fat Camp. Yeah. And uh, it was his boot camp, and it was it was awesome. We did it at the James Bay Rugby Club, mm-hmm. and uh, he had all the equipment there, and he had been training other people there, and it was a it was a riot. Yeah. It was awesome. But uh, Pat and I developed a ritual. We we worked out together for years, and developed a ritual 
of uh, getting coffee after, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting down and shooting the breeze for an hour yeah. after the workout. And we always talked about trying to get something and get into something. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, we enjoyed working together. Yeah. We, uh, you know, like I said, you know, we clicked. And so sometimes you just know. Yeah. He's fantastic. I don't see him enough. Like, yeah, I, it's always nice. It's a real treat when I get to see Pat. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, last time I saw him was, uh, our staff party when yeah. we went bowling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, Marlon and I joke about it a lot. It's always nice, uh, when he, like, there's no reason why he would forget us, but it's always nice when he's like, Hey, and like he, like if he engages you first, it's like, Oh yes. <laughs> like that's, that's a nice little, uh, you know, feather in the cap. Yeah, I can speak for Pat, definitely, confidently say, uh, you know, he feels the same way. Yeah. He's a busy guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, his uh, universe is is just way over here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure to come across that guy. Yeah. Uh, he's, <laughs> I met his wife, actually, working at yeah. Milestones. Right. I on. was uh, bartending, and she was, yeah, because she's a rep for Driftwood. Mm-hmm. She, she came in, and Marika. she. Yeah. She's. Absolutely hysterical. Like I, she's and uh, she was an absolute uh, delight to have at the bar. And I was watching Larry and Mo at the time, and uh, I, I got like three consecutive texts because I guess, um, <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, uh, Reese was walking them, and they were really nice to a dog, and she had a bunch of pictures, and I was like, oh that's nice, and I was really just looking at that, and she's like, what are you looking at? And, she, and then she was kind of bugging me, like, is your girlfriend sending you like, what yeah. kind of photos? It's like dogs actually. <laughs> And then I showed her one, and she's like, "Oh my god, that looks like a uh, dog." I know Larry, and I was like, "That is Larry." Like I, and then we just kind of broke it down from there. And she's like, "Oh my god, like I'm Pat's wife." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> just because she's so outgoing, and he's he's pretty yeah. he's pretty she's reserved. A one, in a, one in a million character for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, <laughs> she's she's a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. You know what? They're both whirlwinds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Like when. <laughs> It's not immediate. I was just like, all right, cool. Like I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that was, I guess, um, that would have been October 2014. Wow. Yeah. And then, so, so you two took it over the October 2014? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yes. I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I was managing it uh, from about 08 um, until then. And wow, that's right around, like, Marlon and I didn't, sh- we showed up pretty close after that. Yeah. Yeah, right around that time. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking back, like, shit, that's crazy. Well, I'm glad to, to have been there. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, we didn't really deliberately try to make any kind of big thing about it. It was sort of business as usual. Yeah. Um, Lucky's had, we're the third ownership group, and uh, it's always kind of like a stewardship. Yeah. Lucky's a bit of a town hall, means different things to different people. Yeah, it was never really about that, but from my perspective, uh, you know, a lot of things sort of stayed the same, and a lot of things, uh, like the really good stuff, stayed the same. You know, yeah, we got to work with, yeah, we we still work with all the same people that are yeah doing production and shows and bringing entertainment in. And yeah, well, if it ain't broke, right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, one thing I got to say, like that, Lucky has done very well is the your guys is hiring, <laughs> like you. Like Miguel in particular, like Miguel, <laughs> Miguel's a face in the city. Yeah. Like people like love that man. Like he, yeah. um, he's one of the most, in my, my opinion, at least one of the most highly enjoyed bartenders around. Like when strangers talk about Miguel together, you know, like if you're, if you're talking about Miguel loud enough and somebody you don't even know, like, oh, Miguel from Lucky, like, you know, like yep. people will chime in. Like he's, he's yeah. a real character and a real, he sure is. he's a real presence yeah. in the scene, I would say. 
Yeah. And like you guys have done really well in that aspect. Like he's, I love that man. Mm-hmm. I can, I can talk about him for a full episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Miguel's something, man. You know, like, uh, he knows how he likes to do it. He does. He yeah. does. He's and not, uh, <laughs> he's not experimenting with his method. No, not at all. He's committed. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, I guess in uh, hospitality, there's, there's all kinds of different characters, but, uh, he definitely falls under the category of uh, the one that you want to be scheduled with. Yes. The person you want to work a shift with. Mm-hmm. And that's like uh, the top of the echelon. Yeah, that's a powerful thing. Yeah. It's not something to be slept on. Yeah. I, I, I hope that I'm that, you know. Like, I hope yeah. that when somebody sees my name on the schedule, like, oh, well, at least he's here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I don't know if that's ever the case or will be the case, but I hope, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah, you guys, like... You guys have people that people go there to see and they know like mm-hmm. like people will go and be like, oh, my God, Jess is here. Dope. And they'll stay or like Miguel's here. Awesome. And like it can really change people's nights. Mm-hmm. You guys have done really good for that. Yeah, it's it's neat. You know, I I don't know. I think there's something organic that happens when you stick around a place for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, you uh, you know, everybody's got dreams and, and things that they want to accomplish outside of work. But um, I feel like it's a a step in a young hospitality employee's work term when they they uh, kind of transition from thinking, uh, well, I'm just doing this right now, but I'm actually mm-hmm. going to go and be a brain surgeon. Yeah. You know, when someone shows up at work and they're like, well, this is exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. This, this is me. Yeah. That's a, it's a transition. And it is. Yeah. I think, you know, we've been uh, fortunate enough to have a lot of staff stick around through that transition. Yeah. Yeah, your turnover, like on the bar in particular, isn't mm-hmm. isn't very frequent. You know, mm-hmm. you guys have some real staples there. Yeah, um, you guys added Marlon to the roster, mm-hmm. which I think is perfect for him. Like yeah. he's he's a good uh, like you can build around that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good face, and he's almost as friendly as Miguel. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone can take that title from Miguel. Yeah, but like he, Marlon's a contender for sure. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and. Uh, Another one of those those people that you want to be scheduled with. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. Guys. Uh. He's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. He's one of the messiest bartenders I've ever worked with in my life. But he is <laughs> fucking fast. Yeah. Like what uh, what he gives up in terms of cleanliness. That not not cleanliness. Like he's a clean guy. Yeah. But like you know like he <laughs> he's uh, he wears it sometimes. You yeah. Know? yeah. But he's very fast. And like the, the guy can make a mean cocktail. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite Caesars in the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he makes a mighty fine Caesar. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Yes. I seem to remember there being some kind of a rift. Like, I thought it was your Caesar. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, okay, okay. No, yeah, there's this, some tension around this, right? No, because Marlon makes a really good Caesar, and I didn't spend a whole lot of time making Caesars, and just one of the helpful tips in Caesars, because I just liked my Caesars, like, like a lot of ice, a lot of mud. And then he was like, why don't you add some citrus to it? And I was like, dope, good call. Uh, that's what he does. And he just kind of has that balance really well. Mm-hmm. But uh, as we were starting to, like, I was starting to train people at Peacocks, I would give them that tip as well. But yeah, I'm the one, and just to bug Marlon, because he, he takes his, uh, he takes everything he does with pride. Like, he's, like, his DJing and all this stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, like, I, I taught Marlon how to do that. <laughs> and just to bug him. And if he didn't respond to it, yeah. I would have just dropped it then. But it bothers him. <laughs> So much, and like he actually created the drink, the uh, the bag of dicks at Peacocks, 
which is by far our best selling cocktail. Like, is it? Uh, it is. Okay. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's definitely made for like fresh off the boat, nineteen year olds. Like it's a very sweet cocktail, but there's a lot of booze. Tastes good, and people love it. Like, yeah, and, what's uh, in a bag of dicks? Um, there is mandarin vodka, lychee, peach schnapps, white grape juice, cranberry, and a little bit of soda, hmm. just to top it off. And yeah, it's our best selling cocktail for sure. Wow. So why <clears throat> the name? The Louis C.K. joke, I think. They oh, were just okay. talking about it and yeah. the, the suck a bag of dicks joke. And yeah. I think that was just fresh in his head. And he called it the bag of dicks because there's six different components. And he's like, there's six uh, dicks. So yeah. it's a bag of dicks. Nice. You ever salt the rim on that one? No. No. Maybe that's a, call that a salty dick or something. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, that might be interesting though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's salt up that dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, oftentimes too, like when people order it. I- um, I'll be like, I'll, like I'll, and like if Marlon's there, I'll be like, I remember when I made this drink for Marlon and I let him name it and then yeah. <laughs> it just, it infuriates him. I feel like Marlon's, uh, his edges are rounding off a bit though. Eh? Yeah, He's absolutely. He's not quite as sensitive as he once was. No, 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 prodding, no. Perhaps. No, which is funny too. Cause he likes to, he likes to bug other people, mm-hmm. but like when you can just, there's a few buttons that if you find them, they're hilarious. <laughs> like I, I, um. I do have, like, I bug him about feline AIDS. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll be like, oh, I'm getting sick. I was like, Marlon, man, like, it's that feline AIDS. And I'll just keep saying that no matter what, and I just won't drop it. And then to the point where, where like, I feel like sometimes he might, he, he's starting to think, like, okay, I know I don't have feline AIDS because I can't. <laughs> then it's just, then it turns into a thing. I was like, I was like, you know, anger is a symptom yeah. of feline AIDS. And I'll just keep, I just won't drop it. And it's just, it's fun to bug him when you can get him going. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know, you got him when he starts rationally explaining why he doesn't have <laughs> yeah, feelings. Yeah, that it's impossible. Big Marlin, it can jump species. Like, yeah. hence you. Yeah. <laughs> and just like I, and <laughs> if I don't drop it, then it just kind of, you know, he boils over. Yeah. Which I enjoy just because he's, he's one of the nicest people that I know. Mm-hmm. And it's nice just to kind of <laughs> get that side out of him. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm, I'm very obviously a younger brother. This is just what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in a huge household. So, yeah, I grew up just messing with people. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, questions I really wanted to ask you yeah. is, do you have, like, there has doesn't have to be any specific order, top um, favorite acts that you've seen at Lucky Bar that you brought in? Oh. What made me think about that is that you guys had Eagles of Death Metal there before. Yeah. And I missed that. I never got, I didn't get to see them, so. Yeah. That, that haunts was, me. That was quite a night. Yeah. It was a great show. That was an oversold show. That was uh, a nice feel in there. It, it kind of... Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I the way I remember it is, it was just like really packed. Yeah, absolutely packed, and mm-hmm. and everybody was in a good mood, and and they bring such a vibe. It really suited the place in a way. It does. Yeah. Um, but funny enough, uh, like if uh, I can take a selfish perspective here, what really got me was the drum shells, the mm-hmm. cases actually, the yeah. travel cases. The drums came in said quota on them <laughs> yeah and i was a huge queens of stone age fan yeah. at the time and uh it was their drummer who was playing with the band was, it, uh, was that joey yeah that's right. the guy with the like kind of yeah he's thick big, dude yeah. curly hair sort of have it has like a like an animal kind of yeah. way to him yeah yeah um, it looks like a biker yeah yeah and uh yeah i was kind of i've never been um 
uh, starstruck by a plastic mold before. That's that's incredible. I would I'm I would feel the same way. Yeah, I'm a, also a huge fan of Queens of Stone Age. It's like, oh man, this is happening. Like right around then, we had a, a bunch of crazy shows. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, it was right in that window. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, I I wasn't booking the place at the time, and I wasn't doing any of the managing the calendar or or. You know, I didn't have the pleasure to sort of uh, talk with these uh, production people. But uh, there was a company called Sealed with a Kiss Mm -hmm. that was operating in Victoria at the time. And they brought all these awesome acts. And uh, we had Mr. Liff there on a Wednesday night. And there was like 10 people there. Fuck. And it was an incredible show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had Mm A-Track in there. And again, it was like 15 people. Oh, man. And it was just outrageous. Like, he yeah. was, it was so impressive. And uh, we had Sparta mm-hmm. in there. So that was, you know, I don't know if you remember that band. They were um, sort of, uh, there was a, a band called At The Drive-In. And they uh, they kind of split up and manifested into the Mars Volta yeah. and, and Sparta. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were incredible. And that was another, yeah. like, really undersold show. But... You know, being in my mid twenties at the time, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't at all concerned about whether or not the show did well. Yeah, it was just really cool to have the room to yourself and absolutely this incredible band. Yeah, right? so those shows really stand out. You know, I think a lot of um, a lot of the lucky old timers. Like it was a pretty iconic show to have uh, when we had. Uh, pardon me, my the IPA is stealing my grammar, but um, <laughs> yeah, we had uh, Arcade Fire. Oh man, yeah, and wow. that was that was pretty epic. Yeah, that was um, that's a big show. Yeah, that was a big show. Yeah, that's it's not small potatoes. That was a big show, but it was also a big band. Mm -hmm. Like they uh, there was like eight of them, you know, like I remember uh, one of the I think they had two members of the band. One of them was sort of going back and forth between uh, like a fiddle and some percussion. Yeah. And he was like up on a stepladder and playing the HVAC. Wow. Uh, great. You know, <laughs> like drumming on it. And yeah. Yeah. The vibe in there was, was awesome. That was a, that was absolutely a sold out show, but that was, a really, wow. That was a great one. That was 2004. That's a long time ago. That is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I was in grade 10. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I guess, you know, there's been a, a lot of great acts through there. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty cool. Yeah. I think uh, it keeps everybody interested too. Absolutely. You know, it works, you know. Again, to keep it about staff, you know, it's not just servicing the um, the public and the ticket buyer, but it's also, you know, it, it means that uh, some of our staff get to come to a different environment night after mm-hmm. night, you know. Yeah. I guess it might seem obvious, but it's actually a big deal, you know. I, I yeah. found that to be a, a big difference between Lucky and, say, working in a restaurant or yeah, working in a club that essentially just does one thing yeah. and just try to tries to attract the same people, you know, like it's a, it's a different crowd. Yeah. I think that's important to break the monotony. Yeah. I mean, when you're a young bartender, it's, uh, it couldn't be more different to come off of something like, uh, like a nineties night Mm -hmm. or, um, of breaks or drum and bass like way back then. And then then coming to work the next night and it's, uh, you know, no means no. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and it's this, this punk night that has this really edgy aesthetic and yeah. as a young person, you're introduced to the fact that no, actually these people are the most self-regulated crowd. You know, these people are so punk and metal shows. Yeah. They're, they're, 
yeah. the nicest. And I think just <laughs> like the the music and maybe mosh pits kind of throw people off a bit. Mm-hmm. Like they're fucking animals. Like, no, they're really kind. They always return their glasses. They're Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Like nobody's trying to get in each other's way. Like yeah. it's it's a very I don't know. There's something to be said about the environment of good punk and metal show. Oh yeah. Like it's not as chaotic as people think. And it's a very fun experience. Like the first time I went to a proper like punk show was in Vancouver and I expected that as well. And I was like, Oh, I like their music, but I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy the crowd. And then no, it was fun. It's a hell of an experience. I think it was in grade 10 or something. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. One show that I always think about that I'm, that I didn't go see was K Trinata. You guys had K Trinata there. Mm-hmm. It haunts me. But I kind of, like, I, all right. Well, at the time, I had worked, I think it was like 37 days straight. And this was Reese's and I's only night off. Yeah. And we were supposed <laughs> to go, and I was exhausted, and like we were ready. And then we both were like, why don't I just stay in? Like, it was nice. I kind of wish I went. <laughs> you know, I, I love, I love myself some K Trinata. Yeah. I think uh, back then, uh, he was doing his music was pretty different mm-hmm. than what he's doing now. Yes, but uh, that was part of a series. We had some people doing a night called Subdiv, mm-hmm. um, the subdivision, and yeah. it was like uh, underground electronic music. Yeah, they brought in a lot of great guests. Yeah, it was a really cool run. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, K Trinata. Yeah, I always, uh, I think just because it's Canadian, whenever I see him, yeah. like one of his productions on someone's album, I, it's like a point of pride. Just like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. good for him. Like almost as if I know him and I, yeah. we've never, we haven't even <laughs> remotely come close to meeting or anything, but just because, uh, you know, when you listen to someone for so long and they're also Canadian, it's just easy to root for. Oh yeah. 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 That's that pride. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We've had, um. So many shows. It's always just such a, a funny question. Like, I, I really should just start writing stuff down because <laughs> anytime I've, I've been asked that, like, you know, yeah. favorite show or yeah, so on and so forth. And I usually come up with my favorite answer about 24 hours later. Yeah. Well, it's hard to answer as well because there's yeah. like, there's, I have favorite shows for different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, like the best live performance I've ever seen in my life was Anderson Pack. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite experiences in a show was Tuxedo. Like, yeah. we saw them at Fortune Sound Club. It was a smaller, like, intimate event, and it was fantastic. And Or also, like, one recent time we saw a, a Daft Punk tribute band, yeah. and their light show was incredible. Like, there's oh, yeah. there's multiple reasons why these... Have to be, right? Yeah. yeah. Why you can have, like, a favorite show, and there's... And yeah. sometimes it's just you were feeling good that day. Like, I had a yeah. great day. It was a great show, and, you know, like, there's, there's multiple ways to answer, I guess. Yeah. I can think of a situation where a band really completely altered my perspective on even being at work yeah um it was a tuesday night and uh we had a band called the soons coming in i don't know if you've ever listened to them but they're from Mm. quebec and their uh their first uh album i guess it was no it was their second album i think it was called uh mer de nom um was just super creative synth textured prog rock awesomeness yeah really crazy warm and really progressive and oh man their sound check was like it was it was like nothing i'd ever heard it was yeah kind of breathtaking like i was i was just like on my cell phone trying to like message everybody <laughs> yeah like, yeah get the fuck down here yeah. yeah i had no idea that we were in for this yeah and uh because sometimes that's the case you know like yeah. sometimes you just don't really know the material you know like mm-hmm. it's, you catch yourself now and again letting one slip by and uh, yeah 
that was definitely the case. That's still that album holds up. Yeah, I I'll check it. that out. Yeah, definitely check it mm. out. It's mm. it's so cool. Yeah, I had that happen to me at uh, Pemberton. I had to go. F- uh, one of the girls who was camping with us, she did a bunch of mushrooms and then got lost and scared. <laughs> so and like Marlon and everyone else had already like kind of turned in. So I was like, all right, well I'm gonna go find her and make sure she's okay. Mm. And then um, ended up finding her. And then she was like, no, I remember how to get back to the campsite. Bye and left. <laughs> and there was one show left um, at one of the... Fu- okay, no ver- problem. Yeah. No, no worries. <laughs> yeah, I just came all this fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was Moon Taxi, a band from oh, yeah. Texas, I believe. Cool. And just, they had like a very subtle light show, but it was just it, like there there was very few people still up for this show. And like they played the next day as well. And I told Reese, I was like, no, we have to see them. Like they were great. And like they, they played one of their songs... Uh, and it, like, that, um, which was great. And then they started the solo and then the solo, he just kind of turned it into blinded by the light by Manfred Mann and the earth band oh. and like kind of did their solo. Then they start singing, um, blinded by the light and then continued on like, uh, with that solo and then merged it back with the original song. Oh, wow. And it was just, uh, it was very cool and a very intimate experience. The light show yeah. and at, being at like midnight, there was something really yeah. That kind of took my breath away, I guess. Like the atmosphere of it all, yeah, was just that perfect moment. Right on, yeah. Those are special. Yeah, man. I can think of uh, a couple of festival experiences where, yeah, you're you see a band you'd never heard of. The first time I'd ever heard Ghostland Observatory was uh, live. Yeah, and uh, they had their their laser show going on. Oh and man, that was totally epic, man. Those guys mm-hmm. put on such an incredible live show. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I didn't know a whole lot about Charles Bradley at the time, but he was at Pemberton and Marlon's like, we're oh, seeing yeah. Charles Bradley. Marlon got a hug from him. Like, he's one of the, <laughs> like, uh, and like Marlon was like, I think I might cry, man. Like, that was incredible. He told me he loved me. You know, it's like, I was like, and he means it. And he's like, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing show. Anything you got on the go, like in the near future for Lucky Bar that you're excited about? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, this time of year is definitely an introspective time. Yeah. Like, it's been a bit quieter around all of downtown. Yeah, it's been a sleepy town lately. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, more yeah. than usual, I would say. Like, it's it's noteworthy to say. Like, I like to think we're all just going to come out I think we're, one everyone, day, well-rested. Yeah. <laughs> get back to Yeah, it. it's just like a, it's a <laughs> collective hibernation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, we've been working on a, a lot of things. It, it, it's uh, sometimes a matter of of realizing that some things take time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're pretty happy with those uh, limbic lights. Yes, that that's a massive upgrade that I really yeah. appreciate. <laughs> yeah, right on, man, right on. Yeah, and we're we just uh, on Friday got um, our new water based uh, DMX controlled hazer, which is kind of cool. Nice, really creates like a nice atmosphere in there and it yeah. doesn't impact the uh air quality the way that the oil-based hazer does it's yeah it's also a little bit more gentle with the electronic equipment nice and uh <coughs> yeah and i guess you know we've got uh we got that fella miguel going away for four months third of a year yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah well marlin's marlin's excited to step in yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's been really cool. Like, I think between Marlon and Christine, everybody's really, like, sort of uh, put yeah. their hat in the ring and stepping forward a bit. And yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. Christine's somebody that I definitely want to get on this. She yeah. Is, she fascinates me. 
Oh, yeah. She is uh, <laughs> definitely one of the coolest people I've met in my adult life, I'd say. Christine is awesome. Yeah, she yeah. is. Uh, she's a badass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Liam Lowe, another fantastic part of uh, the Lucky team, is one of my favorite DJs. Yeah. I love his, uh, I just love everything he plays. I love, I especially love when he gets more into R&B. Like, uh, we have a shared love of that genre, and especially of that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like um, the smooth night mm-hmm. is really yeah it's a delight that's a such a great feel yeah yeah man yeah that music it's uh it suits the environment as well mm-hmm. in a totally different way i like it it's kind of a a disarming kind of mood in the room mm-hmm. when, when uh, lo and shane are doing that R&B yeah. night yeah you know? shane as well he's another guy that he's a real presence in the city mm-hmm he, uh, Mike actually Irvine brought him in to, uh, help him with all Mike's projects, like the Aqualung and all that other stuff. Yeah. Which is funny because it's funny when two people that you know have very similar qualities and just haven't worked together before. Okay. Like it, it, like once he's like, yeah, I brought in Shane and I was like, why wasn't that just a thing from the start? Like you guys, <laughs> like, I don't know. Shane has some of the most hustle uh, around town like he he works hard for what he does and mm-hmm. for what he wants and i you know like i, I, I couldn't think they, of a better uh, pairing aren't they headed to the arctic together now? i think so yeah yeah and uh <laughs> maybe i don't know but yeah <laughs> it's exciting though like those two you know they that's a hell of a duo like right. i don't see what they can't do together yeah all yeah. right well what uh before we do this what do we have in here yeah you want to try this i really do yeah so this is uh Vodka, um, Victoria made vodka from uh, Moonshine Spirits. I'm seeing Moon Distillery here, and uh, yeah, so it's a uh, it's their standard pure grain vodka, forty percent. Nice. I think they make a uh, like an espresso vodka. Oh, okay. yeah, I kind of recognize the labeling. But I think Reese has the espresso vodka. Right. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. It's delicious. All right. Reese has it. Well, she bought it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't let Tell me. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. No, she doesn't let me. She has a lot it, to cap. Yeah. If I look at it, <laughs> then I'm in trouble. <laughs> I like it. All right. Let's give this a shot. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. That is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't drink um, vodka on its own. Yeah. It's really uh, kind of hot. Eh? It is. I'd rather enjoy that though. Well, I'll be the first to admit that I I don't possess any of the uh, vodka appreciation vernacular yeah. required to sort of you know dance my way out of this one. But that's yeah. tasty. It is tasty. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't either, and I don't really desire it. So. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. When people ask me like, "What do you think of this?" It was good. How so? It's a little bit sweet though, eh? Like, yeah. I always get a little uh, yeah, mm. sort of. Uh, you know, I, I'm just apprehensive, I guess, about sweetness. You know, it's just so mm-hmm. easy to use sugar to catalyze uh, fermentation. And yeah, but I mean, what the hell do I know? I've never made vodka, so yeah, yeah, we'll have to try that again. <coughs> Absolutely, and we'll try it again after that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Is there Good. anything you wanted to know about Lucky, or are they um, the history of it, or anyone that's worked there? Yeah. When did it? Their darkest secrets. Uh, when did it open? I always. Lucky opened on Canada Day in the year two thousand. Wow, what was it? What was the the title of Lucky before that? It was never a bar before that. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you know what it was before? Yeah, I can kind of scrape together a little bit of uh, the history. Um, before, I think immediately before uh, it was Lucky, it was a linen clothing store. Uh-huh. And so it was, the, it was white inside. It had a white floor. Uh, the bricks were all painted white. If Weird. You, uh, yeah, if you look closely, like there's still bits of white, and there's the odd white brick. Yeah. Um, when they built Lucky, they went in there and sandblasted the brick to bring yeah. the brick back. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, obviously uh, 12 or 13 years before that was chic. Yeah. But um, it was all white in there. Wow. And uh, and the guy sold, like, white uh, linen shirts and pants and shit. Just like a, like an interesting vision. You know, not something that... Uh, not a vision everybody saw, but uh, I think before that, um, you know, I just talked to this guy the other night. He, the gentleman who um, previously owned a sneaker shop that Reese worked at. What's that called? Oh, Beggins. Yeah, right. And so they used to be across the street, right? And mm-hmm. in, in down that, that sort of hallway by Citizen. Yes. And uh, the guy who started Beggins mm-hmm. used to have a store. In Lucky. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And I think it was like a like a little bit of a shoe store, clothing store, a little bit of a kind of a 90s skate shop kind of thing. Yeah. Before that, um, the garage. So, I don't know. I don't know if I should give some context here. Yeah. But, like, there's a giant garage behind Lucky. You know about that. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, that used to be a gym. Oh, what? Yeah. So it was a needle exchange immediately before Lucky opened Mm -hmm. for just a few months. But prior to that, for a very long time, it was a gym. And it was where all the hardest bodybuilder dudes, like if you were competitive bodybuilder, that was a thing. Yeah. I think there was a scene here. There was, yeah. And and that was was the place. Like there weren't any of those offices. It was just mirrors. Yeah. And... uh, full-size barbells and plates wow and uh it was just giant dudes and i think at the time um l furniture yeah that was a pizza hut and really yeah this is before the reef yeah and uh beside that um you know there's been this revolving door of uh restaurants yeah kind of between the parkade mm-hmm. you know what i mean like, yeah but was... you have to go in the the mezzanine yeah and it's at the back you ever been in there no to, to eat no i haven't yeah, so there's been all kinds of different things in there, but for a really long time, like, and I mean until, like, I mean, it seems like from uh, the early 90s, at least until, like, around 2010, yeah, there was a restaurant called Pounders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> it's a great name. And uh, it, was a, it was a little bit like green cuisine mm-hmm. format. Like, you'd walk around a horseshoe-shaped... Yeah, salad bar kind of format where you would uh, you'd fill your plate or your tray mm-hmm. with your proteins. Yeah, and where it differed obviously from green cuisine is they sold meat. Yeah, but um, uh, it'd be like you know you'd create your own yeah. entree. Yeah, and uh, and then it was called Pounders because you'd pay by weight. Oh, okay, right. I was like, I'm curious about this name. So now it starts to come together because it was yeah, such yeah, yeah. A, a marriage with that. Yeah bodybuilding gym oh okay right all yeah. these people trying to control their diet and control mm-hmm. their their uh, protein intake yeah you know um 
It's a very easy way protein to do that. Protein powders were pretty crude back then. Yeah. You know, things like, uh, I remember there was like a drink. Um, well, I used to do some athletics in university. and Yeah, there was a drink called Results. Like you could, you could buy uh, protein shakes but yeah. like in a can. Oh, okay. Kind of like Boost or something. Yeah. Right? But uh, anyway, so like a place like Pounders was just like a match made in heaven with that. Oh, gym. perfect. Yeah. But if you go way back, um, you know, it's, I guess, a little importance now, but uh, Lucky was a lane. It was a continuation of Waddington Alley. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and where Commercial Alley is, there was a building. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, you can see in Lucky that there are bricked up windows yeah. and doorways hmm. because it used to be alley entrances and, and windows there. Wow. Even in the green room. There's uh, yeah, like bricked up windows there. Yeah, I've actually got a picture in a book. I got this this book, uh, History of Victoria book that I got from a friend at the Union Club. Yeah, and it has photos of Laurie Yates. Wow, back when Lucky was an alley, or I guess <laughs> when Lucky was an alley. That's a funny way to put it. I guess <laughs> there was an alley there yeah. where the building now resides. Yeah, and uh, all the <laughs> stores uh, <laughs> had like a white picket fence. Wow. Yeah, there was just like a little short picket fence in front of every store. Weird. Yeah, obviously there were, there there was no pavement. Yeah, okay. and uh, you know you'd tie your horse or your yeah yak or whatever. <laughs> whatever was the style at the time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll have to show you those pictures. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll post them with this episode. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, here's some shit. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Fucking fences. Yeah, right. And. Wow. Uh, yeah, Lucky turns 20 this year. Wow. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's... It's a hell of an age. It's already gone through puberty and done all that shit. Yeah. It's just about ready to stop hating its parents. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, no exactly. reason. Yeah, it's in, it's coming into uh, its compassionate years. Yeah. Yeah, man. 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you've been there for now... Um, like, maybe 18 and a half. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I missed a bit of it. Yeah, I'll and never forget the first time I went there, you know, like it, and it does seem like more than 20 years ago. It just mm-hmm. seems like a lifetime ago, but, you know, uh, I was sleeping in a sleeping bag on the floor at Dylan Lehu's place. Yeah. Um, and I think we skateboarded downtown. Yeah. He was like, oh, you got to come check out this bar. They play movies on Sunday night. Oh, nice. And they used to do uh, a night called Bruinview. View. Yeah. And they'd pull out these church pews. Put them on the dance floor. Yeah. Uh, Two of those church pews, I think, are still hung up in the back hallway. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we uh, one might be standing up in the garage. I don't know. Anyway, it's been a long time. They were also doubled as the smoking chairs. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's how old they are. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I remember going down there. We skateboarded down there, and it was packed in there. And the bartenders were wearing cowboy hats. I, I can confirm that. Like the original concept for Lucky was to kind of go after the uh, like a saloon a- aesthetic. Kind of, I think they were thinking Big Bad John's. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they had a popcorn machine in there, and they were showing yeah. movies. Um, yeah, and that's one of our neighbors uh, kind of threw the management under the bus mm. and said, "You're not licensed to do that." And oh, what? Yeah, yeah. What 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 would it take to get a license to do something like that? Do you I know? don't think it. I don't think it's difficult. Okay, would that be something you'd be interested in doing? Maybe. Mm. I mean, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to answer that, or whether or not the vodka should answer that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, 
it's not a bad idea. No. And it can be fun. Yeah. Like, you can, like um, I don't know. It would just be fun. Yeah. Like, to I, me, I'm kind of like, well, I mean, we pay so much to resound and so can, you know. Uh, I love those guys. Yeah. But, like, how could we not be able to play an old movie? I, it just seems like we should be able to play it. Yeah. I think uh, I think things get complicated when you sell tickets or... Yeah. Or if you're, you know, using it to incentivize people to come down. So I guess if, you know, you're promoting that you're playing a, mu- a movie and that's why people come down, then you're you're profiting off the content and yeah. yada yada. But I think there's probably a way to do it. Yeah, there has to be. Yeah. That'd be fun. You, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Or just do that personally, I guess. Get everyone together on a Sunday and yeah, just like a staff movie night. Yeah, we've had all kinds of ideas. Uh, yeah, over the years, like I remember... Um, I can't remember whose idea it was. Somebody wanted to do like a back-to-back Lord of the Rings, front-to-back oh, marathon. Man. That would be great. Like costume contest. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it could be fun. It could yeah. just, just be a ride. You know? Yeah, there's, there's any number of ideas that you can pull off there. Mm-hmm. It's fucking Lucky Bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, we've had some pretty strange stuff yeah. take place in that room. Oh, one of the questions is, uh, you don't have to name names. I just wanted to away. yes or no. Is there a group that you now know that you will just never work with again? Like, did you have somebody that was just so ridiculous or disrespectful or just a bad show where you're like, yeah, I'm just not going to bother with that anymore? <laughs> has that happened? And if so, has it happened multiple times? Um, We've had, yeah, we've certainly had acts elicit those emotions. Yeah. But the funny thing about live entertainment is sometimes that... Uh, like, I don't know, I guess, like, the, the potency has value. Yeah. So sometimes, like, the worst shit that's ever happened there, it's like, hmm, yeah. hmm, maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe we should do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, you know, I can, I, I guess there was one time, you know, oh, man, do you really want me to cite some examples? Or? Sure. Yeah. Okay, well, like, we had a, a neat uh, experience with uh, Nelly Furtado's brother, yeah. Um he he had some music that he wanted to perform, but he didn't really have a DJ or anything and mm-hmm. uh he had some tracks that were produced and they're pretty cool. Uh, like the production was definitely stage worthy. Yeah. He came in with them on an iPod and uh we played the iPod and he uh sang. Yeah. On stage. But uh the neatest thing about that show is that uh you know um, for anybody that doesn't know, if somebody's listening, there's uh, uh, Lucky's 188 capacity. Yeah. And uh, he had 188 on the guest list. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty much like, yeah. Uh, it was like a room rental. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They're all clearly family. <laughs> you know, yeah. like visibly yeah. related. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awesome. But we did do a show. Um, Back, like way back, like maybe 06, 07, this guy, Chi Sun, um, came and he had uh, reached the bar with an advertisement. Yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of like drifting out your window and I'm, I'm digging deep in my memory. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he uh, he was from Edmonton. Yeah. And he had sent a press pack out. Mm-hmm. So we didn't know until he had arrived that he had never done a show before. Oh, Okay, but uh, we were compelled by the description of his show, right? Yeah. And so here he is, a a DJ rapper who does martial arts katas. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And he does like weapons um, displays yeah. and things. And so we're like, oh my God, like, you know, and the way that it was presented, uh, you got to bear in mind, I mean, like this is, uh, like I wasn't on Facebook yet in 06. Yeah. You know, um, like <coughs> that's like the MySpace era. Yeah. You know, we weren't quite, and when I say we, I mean like people weren't, like everybody's news wasn't everybody's news. Yet. Yeah. You know. This predates that. Yeah. And so I think, you know, there may have still been a little bit of a believe what you read aspect. Yeah. In things that were marketed to us. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, there wasn't any of this like go daddy, build your own website yeah. action. Like this guy, he nailed his press pack. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of <laughs> unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's so funny. And so we got behind it in a big way. Yeah. And uh, and sold the place out. Yeah. People were just like, oh my God, I got to see this martial yeah. arts DJ sword swinging rapper. Yeah. Right? And uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> he had never performed live before and he maybe hadn't quite figured out like kind of like how it was going to work. Yeah. And so there was a lot of dropping things and apologies yeah. and uh, started oh, that track. No. Again. And he didn't have a DJ with him, but his girlfriend came and she was really sweet. And yeah. she she was gracious enough to stand behind the decks and sort of uh, posture yeah. as though she was playing the song. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think anybody knew, but we knew in a way. Yeah. We, we kind of, we felt bad for him. Yeah. And, uh, and the show, it was an awkward scene. You know, yeah, like I could was, imagine like silence in in the crowd. Yeah, and he was dropping his sword and and there's a lot. Like I said, you know, a lot of like, sorry, you know, let's just take it from the top and like a lot of that. And, yeah, and it was really adorable in a, in a way, but uh, something endearing about that. I yeah, guess. you know, like at, he did it. Yeah, the best part really was that Liam went backstage. He finished and then. Swiftly went backstage. Yeah. And we put some music on in the room and uh, Liam went back there and he was like tearing up. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, hey, man. And the guy just like hugged him. Yeah. And was like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first show. I'm so happy. I feel like I'm going to cry. And like, so he was elated. Yes. So we really kind of dodged a bullet there. But, you know, I guess like the long, um, that's a long way of saying we probably... Probably won't book him again. <laughs> yeah, but still, that's 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 an experience. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I'm glad I got to see it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won't probably won't. I won't say that we definitely won't, but it's really low on the priority list to have uh, male strippers back. Yes, that was uh, a strange and a aggressive <laughs> arena there. Yeah. Was, has a strange vibe in the mm. room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, I mean, like, there's been something good about almost every show. There's something yeah. about people that are, like, once they're willing to get on stage, they're uh, they're already a contributor. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing or if five people want to hear it or if just your parents want to hear it. Yeah. Like you got something to perform, then I mean it's that's pretty awesome. So we see most shows kinda like step, you know, and I think like a way a lot of local um promoters look at it is like, yeah, I mean you you play a place like Lucky or or Logan's or yeah. Duke first. And then yeah, you know, hopefully end up at a place like Capital. Yeah. Running out of tickets. 
600 person room or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> I, I can't say that there's many shows that we wouldn't do again. I mean, yeah. uh, we've had really crazy nights with crazy things happen, but uh, I won't name names. Yeah. But it's kind of part of the course. But we've got the Diggles coming back on uh, March 12th. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Not to name names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we should probably wrap this up. I got to get ready for work. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, back thanks to very Peacocks. Much. Thanks for being my first guest. This was great. Yeah, it, that was a lot of fun. It's just nice to hang out also as well. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, well thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that is episode one of Drunk at Noon. Hope you guys enjoy it. Dylan Pitcher. Isn't he a fucking great guy? Wasn't that fantastic? Yeah. A lot of interesting stories, head injury, a lot of drinks along the way, but uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it, and also I'd like to clear something up as well, we did mention a guy named Marlon a few times, same dude who produces the music you're listening to right now, as well is a longtime co-worker of mine from Peacocks and Lucky Bar, you're probably going to hear him in all my podcasts a lot, referenced, because uh, apparently I have a huge crush on him, but um, and also we mentioned Larry and Mo that those are in fact uh, Dylan Pitcher's dogs. Yeah, I, I dog sit for them constantly. Uh, I can't remember where exactly I said it in the podcast, but I know I did mention them. So just to clear the air there. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Also, another shout out to Hoyne and Moon Distillers because you guys helped us get drunk at noon. And as always, this pro- this podcast is brought to you by Jameson's. Not actually brought to you by Jameson's. And I hope you guys uh, tune in for the next episode. I have Brad Sissons coming in who is, uh, he works for Divine Winery and is fantastic. He's directly related to my new love for gin. Um, if you haven't been there before, go check out Divine. They're amazing. And you know what? You're going to hear in the next episode all the reasons why. So I hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, you know, drink special, Mr. Lucky with Dylan Pitcher. Enjoy. Hope that you guys stay sane in this quarantine. And if all else fails, you can just get drunk at noon. Bye-bye.